Steelers cast on timesonline.com. I'm Steelers beat writer Chris Bradford, joined as always by Chris Mueller. Last time we spoke to you, we came from the uh, the fields of Latrobe on a hot, yeah. sunny day, and here we are on another hot, sunny day. This time in my backyard. So I've not yet found studio space, but we're making do for this week, and we're going to talk a little bit about the Steelers, their upcoming game against the New Orleans Saints, the uh, big third preseason game, always the the biggest game of the m- most meaningless preseason games. Yeah. Uh, and the preseason game where we will see Steelers starters making their first appearance uh, of the preseason. Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell. Uh, a few to mention that will be putting on the uniforms and getting some course of game action, although probably won't be too much, I'd say. No, you remember last year that Steelers, uh, after they put together a scoring drive, they always took out the uh, the first team offense. I suspect they might do the same. Maybe this time that the, the first team defense maybe takes a little step back yeah uh, we'll see how it plays out but uh, a lot of things looking to see Artie Burns appears like he's going to make his uh, much awaited preseason debut he's been uh, hampered by the quad injury uh, we'll see Jarvis Jones a lot of things to look forward to in New Orleans uh, what do you predict for that uh, first offense uh, I mean I'd say they they've looked great in training camp I mean I think it's a touchdown on their first uh, possession of the game that granted they're playing New Orleans Saints defense too which wasn't very good especially against the pass a year ago so I mean I'd say you know Ben Ben the 84 touchdown first possession and that's it yeah that's all she wrote just talking a little bit about the New Orleans defense uh, a member of that defense uh, the last uh, three years uh, Keenan Lewis looks like the Steelers had shown some interest in him they brought him into town on Tuesday to take a look mm-hmm. at him have a physical I don't know I think uh too, too many injuries there. I think the Steelers have kind of been there, done that. They do need yeah. help, obviously, at that position, but I'm not sure that uh, he's the answer at this point. I think that, yeah, I just think they're exercising their options in free agency. Uh, it's it's not a secret they need some more depth at the cornerback position. The fact that they brought Keenan Lewis in, nothing's happened since then. I think it was just, you know, taking a look at him. I don't, I, I personally, I don't think he is going to be the guy that they select, you know, out of free agency given what you said with his injury history and things like that. But, I mean, it's just showing you that uh, Kevin Colbert, Mike Tomlin, they're not comfortable, I think, heading into the season with what they have at cornerback right no, now. No, they, they have to do their due diligence, and I suspect uh, we'll get into that a little bit later when we look at the, the roster breakdown. But uh, clearly the secondary a question mark coming into the season, still a question mark. Yeah, no, and then it even became a bigger one when Senquez Golson went down with his list Frank injury, and now they have a rookie in Sean Davis that they're really uh, relying on to fill the nickel bag slot, and he's never even played an NFL regular season game. Hadn't you know? He's going through the firsts of everything right now, so it is it's a major uh, concern, I would say. And we mentioned Senquez Golson uh, this week. He says. Hey, I'm going to be back in November. Yeah. I, I think if you had asked me that same question two weeks ago, I think the prevailing sentiment was that Golson's gone for the season. That kind of makes things a little bit more interesting. If he does come back, not sure mm-hmm. when. If he does come back, what kind of player he'll be at that point. And, and he says he can be back by the end of November, but it remains to be seen if the Steelers will hold a roster spot for him for that long or, or how that'll go forward. Uh, it doesn't appear he's going to start the season on the IR. He hasn't been put on yet. But if he does come back, and then how effective will he be? This guy still has not uh, played in an NFL game either barely since practiced. he was drafted. Barely practiced. Even if he does uh, come back, there's gonna be there's gonna have to be a lot for him to get up to speed in order to you know kind of make any sort of significant impact. 
When we come back, uh, we're going to get to the, the brunt of this conversation today. We're going to look at the Steelers' 53-man roster. The first rounds of cuts will be coming early next week uh, after the game at New Orleans. Uh, not sure when it'll come. It could sometimes it'll come. Might Maybe come Sunday. Tuesday. Yeah, Sunday, Sunday possibly Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. So we'll uh, take a look at the roster and who's going to get whacked. All right, welcome back to the Steelcast on TimesOnline.com. This is the weekly podcast where we talk all things Steelers. Favorite part of Hard Knocks for me is when the Turk comes to visit. When you get the knock on the door and the guy who makes the cuts lets the players know that they have been, uh, yeah. you have to turn in the playbook, go see the coach. Today we're going to do a little bit of that. We're going to uh, trim down the Steelers roster currently at 90. We'll get it down to the 53 right now because I think uh -huh. it's, I think like most teams, this, the Steelers have a pretty good idea of who they were going to keep all along. Yeah. You know, the, tr the process of the training camp and preseason kind of confirms maybe what you want to see. Uh -huh. And I think that's what we've seen so far. So you want to take a look at the, at the roster. We'll look yeah. first at the quarterbacks. Quarterbacks, I have them keeping uh, three, obviously. I mean, the first, nah, they're going to keep Ben. They're going to keep Landry. It was Dustin Vaughn who could have, you know, ended up with Bruce Gradkowski being injured that he could have ended up, you know, as the inactive quarterback on the roster. But now with his injury, you know, it's kind of murky who that third guy, the inactive, is going to be, if Bruce will be able to return or if they'll put him on the IR. But I think in the end of it, we don't know who the third guy is, but they'll, they'll, there will be three. Yeah, there will definitely be three. That's what the, the MO has been under uh, Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin. I personally don't think that player is, is on the roster. Okay. I think Gradkowski, I wasn't happy with what I saw from him with the shoulder. Now mm -hmm. that he's got the hamstring, he's kind of proving the uh, – the storyline that maybe he is injury prone at, and that you can't really have that at this point. Yeah. Uh, I think Ben and Landry are obvious picks. I don't think Bryn Renner is the, the guy. The guy they just brought in this week. Uh, you know, he looks all right, but I don't think the Steelers want to go into a season with just Ben Roethlisberger and Landry Jones. Mm -hmm. They, I think they need to have a, a more veteran player, a more experienced player. So I, any I'm, in particular that you would like to I'm, see? I'm still in the T.J. Yates train. I'm, I like Yates. Uh, there's a few guys out there. Obviously, none of them are great, but I think mm -hmm. those guys are upgrades over Bryn Renner, and I think they're an upgrade over an injured Bruce Gradkowski. I would just like to have a more experienced guy, you know, maybe Charlie TJ Whitehurst, TJ Yates. What about uh, Mike Vick, someone who's been here a year ago, knows the playbook, knows the offense a little bit, stepped in at times. He's he's on the market as well. Yeah, I, uh, the Steelers, I, you know, I think that they weren't going to bring him back. They would have. You know, right. I, I don't think they were real – necessarily happy with what they saw from Mike Vick as a teammate I know there's a lot of baggage that comes with Vick but I think uh he did a pretty good job in the oh, locker room no, I think yeah I heard he's a great locker room guy good now. locker room yeah. guy uh but I think at this point Mike Vick is he's injury prone as well so he's not really a reliable option he's we not saw reliable. that he came in for you know in relief and got hurt himself so and I think he's one of those guys who's only as good as his as his legs if he doesn't have the legs he's not Mike Vick yeah you know Mm -hmm. Mike Vick of 25, let alone Mike Vick of 35. So I think he's a little bit aged. So we'll running go backs. One move overhead. Yeah, we'll go to running backs. Uh, I have them keeping. Well, you have to take into effect that Le'Veon Bell's suspension leaves a spot open. So I still have them taking three uh, on the season. But on the season, uh, to start the season, it'll be D'Angelo Fitzgerald Toussaint and Dale Richardson. Now one of them is gonna. One of the bottom two is gonna have to get knocked down uh, when Le'Veon does return. And I think. Given that uh, competition, it will be Daryl Richardson who's likely the odd man out in that battle. I think yeah. the Steelers like what they have in Tucson. Again, D'Angelo Williams, Bell. Yeah, those guys are obviously uh, 
the obvious picks, and I think uh, Knicks, Roosevelt you, Knicks. I think oh, if yeah. you count him as a running back. Well, fullback running back. Fullback slash running back. Yeah, but uh, do you think that position battle for the number three running back spot is already is already set in Toussaint and Richardson, or do you think it could? I think it's Toussaint. You do? Yeah, I think the Steelers really like what they have there. He's a little bit more experienced than Richardson. Richardson, you know, had uh, came from, was it Giants? From Texas. Who was it? St. Louis. St. Louis. Yeah. Team that wears blue. Yeah. And, uh. You know, it didn't quite uh, work out for him there, but you know he's shown some signs here. I, th- I think he's done enough maybe to get a roster spot, at least for the time being. It's only mm-hmm. three weeks that he, he might be there, but you never know. Maybe he can do something on special teams to earn a, yeah. a more permanent place. Yeah. Uh, then moving ahead, this is, this, this is uh, one of the few, I think, solid set in stone. Set in stone. I don't think there's any comp- competition here. I think all the questions have been answered. Coming mm-hmm. into this training camp, there was a uh, – it was who's going to be number five? I think yeah. Eli Rogers has answered that. He has, and I think he could even produce more this season than a typical number five receiver. I mean, he's, as you said in, in your article, he's been the star of training camp. He's really, you know, done some great things, developed a good uh, chemistry with Ben Roethlisberger. So he'll be the five receiver. The other four, easy. Antonio Brown, Marcus Wheaton, Sammy Coates, and uh, DHB. Really to round out one of the best and, and you know, most deep, I'd say receiving cores in the NFL, even without Martavis yeah, Bryant. You throw Martavis Bryant in there. I that's think it's the best. Dunk. Yeah, that's the unanimous pick. Yeah, I, I, it's funny because somebody said that the Redskins had the deepest uh, wide receiver core, and I, I nah. looking at that and I just don't see it. I think, yeah, even without Martavis Bryant, I'll take the Steelers five. Yeah. Uh, that tight ends. That, tight ends. Now, is that's interesting. a weakness. That yeah. is a big time weakness. It's a weakness, and it's interesting to see how they are gonna the course of action they're gonna go forward with because it's not like running back where Le'Veon Bell, you know, it's three games and he's gonna be back. They don't know when Ladarius Green is returning. It could be week three. It could be week five. It could be week eight. So they have to take that into effect when deciding who they who they go with for week one. Yeah, I'm starting to think that uh, Ladarius Green might be closer to that three weeks than the eight weeks i think he's starting to show signs of possibly being being uh up to speed and on the practice field sooner than i think some people expect Mm -hmm. i don't i think the headache story has kind of passed over yeah that that was a that's interesting that it was just a very weird story it was but uh so i said i have him keeping three i mean jesse james he's he's a lock you know he's the closest thing to a lock at that at that position i mean it's his you know, second year, you know, they're they're looking a lot from him. They he's a draft pick. He's a draft pick. Then I I have them keeping Xavier Grimble. The X Man. Yeah, I mean he's had his up and ups and downs during camp. Has the drop problems, but he's he's has. I think they he they see a lot of potential in him to the point where you know if Ladarius were in the mix, I don't know if he gets the roster spot. He might be the odd man out. But with their vacancy, I think they're gonna keep him too. And then David Johnson's the only other. Yeah. Uh, other option and he's the blocking he's the yeah he's the blocking tight end and, yeah. and again they sign him in free agency so I, I assume that they they sign him for a reason that yeah. he's going to uh fulfill the role that matt spath used to hold down uh not the best group there but and then the, the big question is when darius comes back do they keep four tight ends or do they send xavier grimble back down to the practice squad do they do something with david johnson i mean how how would you see that playing I think, out i think it would obviously grimble or johnson would be the odd man out i think it depends a lot on what grimble shows between now and then they know what they have in david johnson but i think yeah uh grimble has a lot more upside so if he can you know show something then he can probably stay around when green does come back right and looking at the o-line mm-hmm. i have him keeping nine 
uh, happy know, bird agreement there. Uh, no surprise who the five are or six are rather. Yeah. When you consider uh, Alejandro Villanueva and Ryan Harris, it's mm-hmm. going to be either one or the other who's going to start. It's the backups that really comes comes down to it. And I think they're pretty. Uh, I think there's no surprises that who's necessarily the the other three. Uh, maybe the fourth is the only question. BJ, f- yeah, that's who I would say. You're going to have uh, Cody Wallace and Chris Hubbard. I think those guys are pretty much mortal locks at this point. It's Gerald Hawkins. I think he he starts on the 53 man. I mean, that's the thing. If they want, they could put him on the practice squad and keep BJ Finney, you know. But I think Hawkins has showed enough during training camp that he is worthy of a roster spot and could come in in a backup role, you know, and play a little bit of tackle if he if he really had to. Yeah, I think that's why they used the draft pick on Hawkins and talking with Mike Munchak, they really like what they have there. He's a bit of a diamond in the rough at this point. He's got to fill out a little bit. Yeah. And learn some little bit of the tricks of the trade. But I think he can get more experience on the 53-man than he could on the practice squad. Right. And I think with Finney. It's a shame because Finney has had a, a decently well camp, you know. But I think the Steelers, they think, if Hawkins had entered the draft next season, had he stayed in for another year, he may have been a, a first or second round pick. You're right. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, obviously a lot more upside with Hawkins over Finney. So that's why I think he gets onto the 53. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the defensive side of the ball. Defensive side of the ball. We'll start off with the defensive line. This was another group that uh, you know coming into this season uh, was supposed to be a weakness. I think it's actually a little bit better than I think people thought it was. Yeah. Thought it was. Uh, obviously, you have. To it and Hayward. Yeah. They're not going anywhere. Uh, I mean, they're the two. Those are anchors. locks. I think Javon Hargrave has moved into that conversation where he's you know, third-round pick. He's not going anywhere. Dan McCullers, not going anywhere. Dan McCullers, also not going anywhere. Uh, Ricardo Matthews was – Free agent signing. Again, a free agent signing, so he's not probably he's going anywhere. Depth, he's a depth guy. And he looked pretty good in positions. that first uh, preseason game in, against Detroit, so I think he's going to uh, – I think he's actually pretty good. I no, I do him. too. I do too. I think he's underrated, and he's the perfect depth guy because Tuit and Hayward played a, a whole lot of snaps a year ago, and that was something that they were kind of concerned about is you know, kind of not overworking them over the course of a 16-game season, and that's what a guy like Ricardo Matthews uh, can do you know, when needed. And Hargrave presents that same kind of options too because he's so versatile on the line. Yeah, and that brings up LT Walton. It was a draft pick last year, a late-round pick. You know, I haven't been totally impressed with him. I think he's making some progress, but I think due to a lack of numbers, he's probably going to get a roster spot again this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, no offense to Kishad Lyons and whoever else is out there among the uh, defensive linemen, but, yeah. you know, due to a lack of uh, bodies, it's, I think LT Walton is back on there. Agree with that. Moving ahead to inside linebacker, I think this is, I think, the deepest position on this team because I think somebody might not make the team who probably should. It's the most, and there's the most, like, suspense surrounding this this position group in terms of what they're going to do. Yeah, and I don't think a lot of people saw that coming into this camp. No. Uh, obviously, you got Ryan Chazier, you got uh, Lawrence Timmons, uh-huh. then you have uh, Vince Williams. New contract, Vince Williams. And he's going to probably try to live up to that contract because I yeah. think he's looking ahead to possibly replacing uh, we'll Timmons. Get, we'll get into that in, later. Okay. <laughs> uh, then also, we had Steven Johnson, again, a free agent signing. Yeah. They like what he can do on special teams. I think he's as close to a lock as you can get at this point. And then where then it's the other two. Then, then it's the other two, and then I think you flip the proverbial coin. Is it Tyler Matikavich or LJ Fort? Or both. Or both, I'd I'd say keep keep both. 
I, you know, I would, I think they're going to go with that just because I don't think either of them will clear, will clear waivers. I think someone, especially Medikavich, he's going to get picked up by somebody. I mean, he's, he apparently he was just rated the the top overall inside linebacker performance by Pro Football Focus this past week. Take that one with a grain of salt. With yeah, Pro Football Focus. Yeah, but it is but, a nice little. Hey, but I mean, just compliment. for for a seventh round draft pick, I mean, I'd say like that's kind of raises some eyebrows, but. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think I, I, I think you got to keep six there. Nah, so do I. You got to have mean, football players, and that's an important position. Those and guys they have both some flexibility, and they both can play a lot of special teams. Yeah, and Matikavich like, actually did play a little bit outside uh, in camp, and also at Temple before coming to the Steelers. Don't think he's going to project to an outside linebacker nah, at this level, he's but uh, you know, it, it I is mean, a he, he was all over the place against the Eagles, and he had that the special teams tackle on Ken John Barnard on the uh, first punt return that was eventually negated because Shamarco Thomas got clipped. If you watch the film, Medikavich trails Barner literally like 30 yards and brings him down, like a complete hustle play. Like, you know, where if that wasn't a penalty, it could have been a touchdown-saving tackle. And it's just that's the, that's the way he plays mentality. I don't think you cut a guy like that. And those are the kind of th- things that uh, coaches notice. You know, maybe some fans don't see it, the, uh, you know, watching on the broadcast. But yeah. when you see some of the film and what Medikavich is able to do out there, I think then he becomes uh, an that's indispensable. What, uh, that's part always of what he's. That's always what he's been talked about over his career is like playing like that. So of I'm just glad I don't have to make those decisions whether to yeah. keep one or both. Uh, outside linebacker, I don't think any two any. The, <laughs> I can get this right. Not too, too many surprises yeah. there. There's the four guys that I think are going to be part of the big rotation with uh, Jarvis, Bud Dupree, Motes. Arthur Motes, and obviously James Harrison. Keep Chicolo without think, a doubt. I think Chicolo is, is definitely going to make the 53. I think he's he's been hampered by the ankle injury lately. Yeah. But I think he showed enough beforehand. He's has the year experience. I think it might be Travis Feeney. I, I'm sort of on the bubble with him. Uh, I'd put him on the practice squad. I think they're going to go that way. He has, you know, since he has gotten healthy within the last week and a half, he has received some playing time and, you know, done decently well. But I think a year on the practice squad, an opportunity for him to bulk up. So he better hit the weight room. Yeah, time. but just imagine if he did have you know that size with him because his body, his length, his you know, athleticism is what really helped him get to this point. So I think a year on the practice squad for him to develop and live in the weight room would you know be ideal for yeah, him. Yeah, when you look at Feeney, you think is that guy a linebacker is he like a safety? What, what position no. is he? Is he, no, he's not a safety. He's too tall. I know, but I'm saying yeah. just looking at the guy physically, oh, no, yeah. he's got he's got to put on. If some... you see him in the locker room, you don't know what he could be a receiver. Yeah. Yeah. And that leads us to safety. And corner. You want to lop them together? No, nah, we'll, we'll separate them. Nah. All right, let's let's go corner cause since this is the kind of a, the major question mark. You know, inside linebacker, you you know what you have. At cornerback, it's like there may be someone out there in free agency that's going to end up making this 53-man roster. I believe so. We look at uh, Will Gay. I think he's the closest thing to a sure thing that the Steelers have at the cornerback position. Then you have Ross Cockle. Did mm-hmm. a lot of good things last year. Not quite sure he's starting material, They're but on this have team, to rely on him. but on this team he is starting material because that's what they have. Yeah, uh, Artie Burns th- doesn't look like he's going to overtake Cockrell at least not yet, or maybe anytime soon. He's been, we said earlier, uh, hampered by the quad injury. Mm-hmm. When he's been out there, it hasn't looked all that great. So that's why I think this week against New Orleans, I think a lot of eyes are going to be on him, see what he can do. Yeah, but I think we can pencil him in on the obviously on the uh, the 53. That leaves us with Duran Grant. Yeah, playing a little bit of safety in camp, but he is a corner. He played corner the first game and led the team in tackles. Then he gets moved to safety 
in the in the, the week after that and gets buried on the depth chart, you know, in practice. You barely see him running with the threes. And then he played more corner against the Eagles. It's like they're moving him back and forth constantly. I, I like what what I've seen from him. I think he he'll earn a roster spot on a razor thin secondary. Now, if this were a, uh, a different NFL team with you know better players there, I don't think he makes a team. But here, I think he will. Yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement there. I I don't see Grant uh, going anywhere this time. They got to add somebody. You think it's we mentioned Keenan Lewis, but I yeah. think you want to get a fifth guy. Well, this is because granted we're we're putting Sean Davis as a safety in this. He's going to make the team. He's going to play nickel corner, but traditionally he's a safety. You know. So, I mean, give or take, I think they still need one more person. And that segues nicely into safety. Yeah. Where we have, obviously, Mike Mitchell. We know all about him. He's been here the last three years. Then you have Robert Golden, who's moving into a starting role after being a special team standout and a captain there for the last uh, three years. Then you got Shamarco Thomas, also been around a uh-huh. while. Hasn't shown much other than being a special team guy. He's in his final year. Final year of his time, so. so he'll be here this year, but it's after that. And I will say this for Shamarco, he's looked actually pretty good when I have seen him out there on defense. He seems like he's finally starting to get a grasp of things, but not enough to overtake Robert Golden. Yeah. So that's kind of a disappointment for a, a former third-round pick. Mm-hmm. Other than that. Other than that. I don't know where you go. That, I mean, that secondary is not. Jordan Dangerfield? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's a practice squad guy. He is practice yeah. squad eligible, I believe. Yeah. So I think he's uh, another guy who's going to have to probably – do another year on the practice squad. A lot of lot of help there could be had on the secondary. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. But I think if they do bring in another corner, then you can move Davis back to safety. You know, where it shakes out. Say they bring in, not saying Keenan Lewis, but another guy that can step in and start. Then you move Artie into the slot and Cockrell, you know, on the outside, Davis into the safety position. You know, of Golden. Yeah, that would at least be a little bit something closer to what the Steelers had uh, yeah. going into this. Uh, and going into the start of training camp. Moving ahead to the specialist, uh-huh. that's uh, another layup. We know who the kicker is going to be, Chris Boswell. We know who the punter is. Yeah. Yes, it, it is going to be Jordan Barry. It's not Will Monday? Not, <laughs> no, not Will Monday. Yeah. Sorry. And then uh, Greg Warren at long snapper. And Greg Warren is the long snapper, and that gets us to the 53. Yeah, and also to note, I didn't talk about in the receivers, uh, Demarcus Ayers, practice squad guy. Unless he can show something from a returning standpoint within the next – uh, two games that could, you know, have Kevin Colbert take six receivers. I think he's a practice squad guy, but still someone to watch who's on the bubble that could possibly make the roster. Yeah, I think Ayers, you know, he had was supposed to go up against Eli Rogers in that uh, competition for the fifth receiver spot, but I think Rogers has, you know, separated himself not only as a receiver but as the punt returner. Yeah. Where I think, you know, he's probably going to have to handle both those jobs, and that, that makes Demarcus Ayers expendable uh-huh. or at least, you know, probably a practice squad player because I don't think the Steelers want to – you know, yeah. let go of a, a, a draft pick even if he is a seventh rounder. Right. You know, I think he's shown enough to you know, warrant an, another look on the practice squad. Yeah. All right, that'll do it for the 53-man roster pro- projection. When we come back, we'll be talking a little bit more about the Steelers. Stay tuned. All right, welcome back to the Steelers cast on timesonline.com. Just wrapping things up, I'm Chris Bradford, Steelers beat writer with Chris Mueller. We were looking a little bit at the Steelers' 53-man roster. We were looking at the Steelers' uh, third preseason game against the New Orleans Saints. Who are the three players you are most looking forward to seeing in this uh, yeah. final, or not final, but penultimate preseason game? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we're in agreement that uh, first one, and foremost, it's Artie Burns. Yeah, first-round pick. Haven't seen him, you know, really 
uh, in a game situation, here's our chance. Yeah, and it's it's time for him. You know, he's uh, walked the walk. You know, he's done everything in practice, but now it's time for him to see, you know, talk to talk and see what he can do out in the field. I mean, it, it's going to be interesting to see how much he plays because he is dealing with a nagging quad, some type of injury where it could be re-aggravated. Uh, Mike Tomlin said today that it, you know he had a good day. All signs are are looking towards him playing. If there aren't any setbacks, where if meaning like if he doesn't come in on Thursday and be like, wow, my quad's acting up again, you know that kind of thing. So I, I'd be really interested to see what he does and how much playing time he does receive. Yeah, he sort of had a false start last week when he practiced. And one day it looked like he was going to play, and then obviously didn't play. So this week he's he's had a few practice. He's going to have one or two practices in. Hopefully mm-hmm. he shows what he can do. Uh, the other guy I think we're all looking forward to is, is Le'Veon Bell. Obviously, we know what he can do, but we haven't seen him post uh, knee surgery, the MCL, PCL. We've seen him cut on it. Yeah. This is different. And it'll be a good opportunity for him to finally get tackled, you know, for the first time. He's said numerous times over camp that it's really going to take that first hit, that first, because he has gotten hit in camp, but he doesn't really get brought down to the ground. The Steelers are really cautious with what they do with him, so. Uh, just seeing how he handles it and how he responds from you know, the game atmosphere and getting hit and getting back up again will be really interesting to see uh, in that aspect. Yeah, this will be his first game action since November 1st of 2015, yeah. and it might be his last until we see him uh, in week four. Might so. be, definitely, I would say. Yes. Yeah. So the other person we are – well, not person, but people we are interested in seeing is, is this inside linebacker spot. LJ Ford and Tyler Medikavich, I mean, they're the two to watch, I'd say. Just see, you know, and, and that's where, really where you pay attention on special teams. I mean, usually when you're watching a game, uh, the average person isn't really, like, keying in on every single gunner on a punt or, or you know, kick kickoff team. But that's really where they're they're fighting to make this make this squad. And it's going to be – I mean, I, I've as I've said, I've liked what Medikavich has done, but LJ4 is another quality player. So I'd, I'd – Keeping a close eye on both of them. Timesonline.com. This is Steelers Cast. Chris Bradford, Chris Mueller. We'll catch you next time.